Good morning and welcome to the Super Bowl 56 edition of the Tuesday Morning Blitz. It's a vindication for the LA Rams and everything they've worked for and philosophized over the last two years and a crushing defeat for the Cincinnati Bengals. And Kale and I are here to break it all down. Kale, we watched that game together on your couch yesterday with a lot of people in the room and I don't think either of us have really wrapped our heads around it yet, what exactly took place on the field at SoFi Stadium. All I know is it's over. The football season's over, and that game was a game, for sure. <laughs> it's really all I have to say about it. Like, it, it God, we'll, we'll get into it, but I mean, one of the less, not less memorable, because I feel like that discredits a lot of like the big efforts, but I mean, if you look at the grand scheme of this postseason and all the fun that, we had throughout like that divisional round weekend let's say like there were so many better games than this if you power ranked them this probably falls like what like eighth ninth one thousand percent like i am perfectly comfortable with saying that wasn't a memorable super bowl and i guess you can say like it was a close game so at least we got what we asked for in that respect every game this postseason was close and we're happy about that what one moment are you going to look back on from last night and remember for this Super Bowl? I mean, is it going to be the one-yard touchdown on Eli Apple? Like, is that the <laughs> moment of this Super Bowl? It's just not – nothing sticks out to me. Is it bad to say the barrage of flags that took place before that touchdown? Yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of anecdotes in today's show of, like, what was going on while all this was unfolding at our watch party last night. Because, you know, it's relatable. We're relatable guys. And <laughs> one of our friends, Calvin Milliner, who played college football, a big football guy, was just – beside himself and all the flags that were getting called <laughs> never seen somebody get so upset he's like that's not pass interference that's not holding etc yeah no in his eyes this is a fraudulent super bowl for the rams <laughs> he was talking about how goodell was calling it in from up top <laughs> oh my god it was a night i mean it was a nightmare to watch Jal- jalen rams he's a fraud doesn't belong on this stage oh getting exposed no, that's <laughs> listen i mean we'll get into it but i mean god like what happened down there like that was mm. What a, what a Super Bowl. I mean, the Rams won. Listen, I, there's a way that you could spend this Super Bowl, in my eyes, to paint the Rams, who have essentially built this, like, they've bought their talent, like, they've mortgaged all their uh, potential growth and first-round draft picks for, you know, here until 2045 <laughs> to get this top-end talent. But on the other end of it, all they did was pick guys that just hadn't that were like in the upper echelon of NFL talent, but were basically let down by their teams. I mean, Stafford and Detroit, Ramsey was part of an iconic defense in Jacksonville that kind of just crumbled behind him, and he was one of the last people to go. Odell was one of the best wide receivers in football, looking for a contender, and the Browns kind of squandered him. Uh, in my eyes, Von Miller kind of got let down by the Broncos for letting a team icon just walk, and then this whole team is built around Aaron Donald, who has been there since the Jeff Fisher days in St. Louis. Like, I mean, these this is just a big group of guys that, like, at their core, like, are deserving or have earned the right to play in a Super Bowl based on their talent. And up until this point, it's the teams around them that haven't held up their end of the bargain. And it's nice to see, like, it's nice to see Rams get a ring. It's nice to see Odell get a ring. Whitworth especially. You know, Eric Weddle coming back and then screaming, I'm re-retiring. Like, I, I mean, there's good, there's feel-good stories to be had here. There's a lot of guys going out on top from that team. Didn't think we'd be having to talk about whether Aaron Donald was going to be one of those guys. I mean, he's still very much at the peak of his powers. I can't really ever remember a defensive player, aside from maybe like a Chris Borland or some of these smaller names, you know, go out when they still had this much left to give. I mean, the guy's 30 years old. Like, I mean, Luke Keekley maybe, but, like, outside of that. That was a lot of concussions, though. Like, yeah. Keekley had been through a lot. Like, this is a guy who, in our estimation, you could have easily given Defensive Player of the Year to, and they honestly just didn't because it's like the LeBron in the mid-2010s thing. I mean, Aaron Donald is it's the best the NFL still has to offer, and he made – 
you know, the plays when the team needed him the most. He gets in there and stops Samaj P. Ryan on that third and one, and on the very next play gets to Joe Burrow, lightning speed, and forces him to basically just throw the ball into the ether. Like, this is – when the guy makes the gesture to, like, give me my ring, like, he snatched that ring. That was all oh him. God. I mean, what else would – like, while, yeah, he has so much more left in the tank, he said it early in the week, what does he have left to prove at this point? I mean – just multiple depoys, the Super Bowl ring now, like multiple records in his book. He, but does he have a case yet for the greatest defensive player of all time? Because that's what he absolutely could. That's the resume he could build in the next five years or so. I think I think he does. I think he's up there. Is Maybe. he up there with Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor? Like that's the Oh yeah. That's like the his sheer level of dominance, the fact that every team has to assign like, all right, we're doubling you. And the havoc that he creates based off that is absolutely 100% deserving. I, I mean, like, LT's up there for, like, best like best defensive player, surely, but also, like, uh, I think Simmons did a segment where it's, like, you break it down categorically by position almost, where, like, LT is the best linebacker, Brady's the best quarterback, uh, Jerry Rice is the best wide receiver, and Simmons' eyes is not mine, uh, Randy Moss, but... I, I mean, like, yeah, like, Aaron Donald now falls into that, like, generational talent. Like, well, there's very few people that have caused havoc the way he's been. But, I mean, Vaughn Miller said his whole relationship with Aaron Donald, everything that I talked to him about is about winning a Super Bowl, how I can help him be a better Aaron Donald, how he can make me a better Vaughn Miller. Our whole friendship is about winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> Aaron Donald then said in a separate press conference, I know what it feels like to be there, but I don't know what it feels like to win. I feel like I accomplished a lot in a short amount of time in this league. The only thing I'm lacking now is being a world champion. He's a world champion. So, like, at this point, like, you know, it's like Alexander wept because he had nothing else left to conquer. I don't disagree. I just think if I'm thinking, like, resume, greatest defensive player of all time, and this is, you know, if Aaron Donald wants to go out on top and – Uh, You know, this is just my opinion. He obviously owes nothing to me. I think, like, I want more than eight years. Like, I want a little bit more longevity. And that's, like, I I don't want it to be lost how great his peak was. And he obviously gets his ring here. Seven straight first team all pros. Like, he, he absolutely, you're right, has nothing left to prove. But I look at Lawrence Taylor, 13 years in the league. Reggie White, 15 like, I don't know. Am I crazy for just saying I want more than eight years if I'm going to consider you the greatest defensive player of all time? That's that's my only point here. The stars that burn twice as bright burn half as long. <laughs> and I, like, I, you know, I watch Patrick Willis retire relatively young, too. Like, these, it's changed in the NFL. Like, guys are much more health conscious now. Like, they know the kind of damage this game does to their body. I'm, I can't even imagine the type of work that goes into getting Aaron Donald ready for a new season every year. I mean, you see the guy training with knives. Just imagine what's going on when the cameras aren't turned on. Um, so I'll leave it at that. You know, Aaron Donald, you don't owe anything to me. If you want to hang him up, go ahead and hang him up. Um, it's just a, a small talking point, but no blemishes on his resume whatsoever. Let's move on to talk about the Bengals a little bit, though, Kale, because this was their shot. I mean, they... I think by both of our estimation, were probably the third most talented team in these AFC playoffs. And they get by the Titans, favorable matchup there. They take the nine sacks and still squeak by. They get kind of a gift from the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Obviously, they had to earn it, but down 21-3 on the road, and you're not going to get Patrick Mahomes thrown for 55 yards in many second halves going forward. So here they are with this game, you know, four-point lead and a chance to get a touchdown and make it 11 and they stall out and kick the field goal there and from there it's sacks and broken plays and they never have a chance to score again so I mean how much should the Bengals you know feel like this one slipped away uh they should feel like they're never going to make the play a Super Bowl <laughs> again it's I don't think it's even like hot takey to say that I don't think it's uh, like I really don't think it's like that bold of a take to say that they will never make the Super Bowl again in so much that think about how much before this game even kicked off but we can get into how close they came and 
like the turning points in the fourth quarter and some of the play calls down the stretch, like a third and one on their last drive, still you know befuddles me. But think about how much had to go right in the regular season for the Bengals to get here. The AFC North, potentially one of the most contentious divisions in football outside of the NFC West, absolutely folded for Cincinnati in the exact right way possible. The I mean, think about the quarterback play in that division apart from Joe Burrow well, separate, this year. Separate from that. Like, I understand what you're saying. Like, Lamar gets banged up. Baker's just a shell of his former self. And Big Ben is, I mean, talk about a shell of his former <laughs> self. Like, I mean, the guy is, like, just put him out to pasture at this point. But the Bra- the Browns basically crumbled. I, I, I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones was wide receiver one for a while there. Like, you can't win in that respect. The Ravens could not have been bitten harder by the injury bug. Uh, the Steelers, you can just chalk up to Ben Roethlisberger. I, like the Bengals, or the Bengals, just walked into the postseason. And I still think that both those, the second Ravens win is a lot less fluky than the first Ravens win. But some of those division wins were just like head scratching for sure. Like, and they got blown out by the Browns the week after they lost to Mike White and the Jets. Like there's, <sighs> there are a lot of imperfections with this team. Like they. All credit to them for getting themselves there in a year where they were, you know, ahead of schedule. Uh, but this was their shot. Yeah. Like, even even if they were ahead of schedule, this was the year. It had to happen with all the breaks that came their I way. I mean, they were a couple minutes away from Derek Carr beating them in the wild card round. Like, this is... They had so many things break right. I mean, they had a 24... I'll never forgive the Raiders for spiking that ball on first down. That was, like, underrated head-scratcher of the playoffs. Like, one of the worst moments right there, spiking yeah. the ball on first down. But that being said, like once you get to the game and you've got, you know, you've got the lead that you had, just hold on to it. That that I still can't get over that exchange down the stretch. Uh, that last Rams drive uh, is is going to stick in my head for a while. With just how many flags got thrown in that final stretch. The and, and listen, tit like tit for tat, I guess like. Maybe somewhere in there is a makeup call for them allowing Ramsey to just get face masked by T. Higgins and walk in with the go-ahead touchdown. But even still, man, you that like the Rams just had penalty after penalty wiped off the board, and they did have a touchdown nullified in that stretch. But I mean, what a on a play where they had an obvious hold and they called, you know, a, yeah, I get that's a is wipe that a off, hit? You know, that's like, that's an interesting one that. <clears throat> That hit on Cooper Cup making it offsetting penalties. I mean, it did feel like the officiating was pretty. Like there was one play where it obviously could have come into effect, and they missed an obvious call on Rashard Higgins. But for the other first fifty-five minutes of the game, it didn't feel like the officiating mattered. And then all of a sudden, it's whistles and laundry on every single play. It's not that I disagree categorically with any one of those calls, barring maybe the hit on cup that made those offsetting penalties but you just don't want to see a game get decided like that even if there's no like better way to do it like that's that's just one of the issues the we have is, to deal was, with it sometimes. was a clean game before that it was exactly. like there was like there wasn't a ref show to be found before that like and it just it sullies the whole thing it just absolutely ruins it, it sucks man like there's no way around it it's not fun to watch that kind of football like it's it's really tough but can we go back to the Bengals, or do you have more on that? No, that's, I mean, we're we're on the Bengals, and that's, we'll just get head-scratchers done early in the show this time, because this is a pretty head-scratching game. Officiating down the stretch slash Bengals committing all those penalties, we'll just bundle that up into one big head-scratcher. And the other head-scratcher comes immediately afterwards when the Bengals get the ball. Jamar Chase makes a fantastic play on the first play of the drive, and all of a sudden they're close to midfield. And they get the nine-yard pass play on first and ten with about a minute and ten left on the clock. And from there, every single thing the Bengals did is either highly questionable or downright egregious. So let's break it down. You complete that nine-yard pass. They have two timeouts at this point. They choose not to take one. I felt like there wasn't enough urgency getting up on the ball, and they snapped it with 20 seconds left on the play clock. You mean to tell me you couldn't have snapped it with 30, 27, something like that? And it just made the game feel tighter from that point. It felt like they needed to just get the one first down instead of maybe still having a shot at the touchdown. And then that very play where they took so long to load up, 
Jamar Chase like runs a comeback route and Joe Burrow expects him to go for the corner and throws it 50 yards over his head. I don't hate the, like, I get the miscommunication ruined it. I don't hate the call, though. I don't hate taking the shot there. If you're playing... Oh, sure. If you're playing lax, you're playing Joe Cool, like, take that, like, you know, take that lack of urgency to your advantage. Like, you might catch the defense on their heels, and you might just be able to put one over the top of Jamar Chase. Yeah. And that, like, that then becomes iconic Super Bowl moment. I agree. Territory. No, I'm, I'm cool with the general decision to throw deep there on second and one. Not cool with how long it took them to set up that play. It only gets ten times worse from there, though, because third and one, you're going to run an inside handoff to Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, not even Joe Mixon, who's you know one of the, let's say, top ten running backs in the league and a guy who is having a fairly decent game, and you're going to run it right where Aaron Donald's standing on third and one, where you know you're going to have to use a timeout if you don't get it and set up a do-or-die play. Like, you had... With you were your ahead offensive of the chains. line, no yeah. less? You were ahead of the chains, and you put yourself behind the chains with one terrible play call. So add that to the head-scratcher. Fourth and one, I guess you can just chalk it up to Aaron Donald being superhuman. I mean, he blew up that play before it ever even started, but... At that point, the Bengals knew they shouldn't have even had to be in that position to go for it. They should have been well ahead of the chains. They were almost in Evan McPherson field goal range already. And it just felt like a weirdly anticlimactic way for the game to end. Like, kind of appropriate given how anticlimactic the entire second half was, frankly. But just left a sour taste in all of our mouths watching that game. It was... Listen... Going back-to-back plays, so Samaj Piran should be head scratching on its own. <laughs> I like Samaj Piran. I, you know, thought he was a good like fantasy ad late in the season. Like, but this is not how you do it, man. <laughs> why are we putting the ball in his? Like, why are we, you guys have the receiving core that you guys have? You guys have Joe Mixon, like this elite level talent all over the place, and you go back-to-back plays to Piran. Yeah, what what league were you adding Samaj Piran in your twelve 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 team league? Three flexes and you got to play like Dude, half Piran, your bench. Piran was a great pass catching back, man. <laughs> like Piran was a great pass catching back. It was especially when Mixon, like, he was getting like I think it was like 55, 45 carry splits at one point or snap splits at least. But like he was fine. Like he's a good he's a good depth at. This is I said it going into this game. Like the Bengals don't have depth. The Bengals have no depth. It's all top end talent for their offense. Piran added that depth. That's the only like. That's the one thing he's good for, and he ended up getting more rotational play as the season went on, the game went on. But you can't, you can't put the last two, you can't put the last two plays of the season on Piran's shoulders there. I, I mean, yes, their skill players didn't have a ton of depth beyond that top end, but we walk away from this game knowing the Bengals lost because they couldn't block anyone. Joe Burrow takes 19 sacks throughout the course of the postseason. I saw somebody try to do research on this and didn't get past 20 years back, but in the past 20 years, no other quarterback has taken more than 12 sacks in a single postseason. So even just to get to the point they were at was sort of a credit to them based on how many sacks they'd already given up. Seven more in this game. I mean, you're just not going to win a Super Bowl like that. We saw it last year with Mahomes against that dominant Tampa defensive line. We saw it in the Brady years, especially 2007, where if you can get pressure with four guys in the Super Bowl, there's just almost no way you're going to lose at this point. And the Rams were an excellent candidate for that fate, and I think that's why we both like them coming into this game. To play, I guess it's Angels advocate because we've just <laughs> been not, we've just been berating the Bengals at this point. <laughs> but like, this is this is the start of a good to great Bengals team in so much that the, I think someone said before the game the combined cap hits between Burrow, Mixon, Chase and Higgins are equivalent to the cap hit the Rams had to eat for Jared Goff. Like this is, this is a team with an extremely strong core that can only really get better in the sense that like this this defense that they've built is all built off uh, very like middle of the road free agent acquisitions. Uh, they have not put a lot of actual draft depth into this position or like draft capital in this position rather. Uh, they still have an offensive line to rebuild. They could go the Chiefs route, which I would not like, and they just dump money into this. But I mean, they have I think the fifth most salary cap in football headed into this off season. Uh, and 
they've put their names on the map. Like, this is a team that knows what they have in store, what they have in Joe Burrow, what they have in this receiving core. And, yeah, Zach Taylor might not be the best head coach out there. And it might not have the best destination city. You know, it's, <laughs> it's Cincinnati. But at the same time, like, if you're looking to just play football and have a shot, AFC is contentious. It's it's getting probably it's going to be way more contentious than the NFC next year, uh, considering all the departures that we've seen uh, already this offseason between Brady, between what could happen with Rodgers, between what could happen with, like, Russell Wilson. But on the top end of the AFC talent, like, there's nine, ten teams that are going to be competing for top-end talent. And if you're looking to make a dent in that, like, the Bengals have the capital to build a bit of a war chest, actually, like, not only, like, capitalize on their luck in terms of what they've been able to do with making a brand for themselves, but now they have the ability to just, like, now they can build from here. Like, this is just a starting point for them. And if they want to go back, it's really going to be on them to, like, assemble that team. I've just seen it too many times in the past decade, really just in my entire life watching football, where we think a team is, you know, just getting started where they get to a Super Bowl or they get to a conference championship early in their development, they lose in some sort of heartbreaking fashion, and we think, you know, this loss hurts, but they'll be back. And so far, none of those teams have been back. I mean, we saw it with the Falcons in 2016, 28-3, haven't come back from that. We saw it with the Jags in 2017. We thought, okay, this team built young defense. Um, Saxonville is going to be a thing for the foreseeable future. They never came back. I just – and even, even with the Seahawks, you know, the Malcolm Butler play kind of broke them too. Like they were never back to that same level. I just don't – like the Bengals, this was their shot. And the AFC is so loaded moving forward. I mean, Mac Jones just came in second in the Rookie of the Year voting and we're already thinking like he might not have the firepower to compete in that AFC with all those other quarterbacks moving forward. And Joe Burrow – Looked like he suffered another really nasty knee injury in that game. And he came back in, but he waved away the trainers. You know, I'm not convinced that's not something serious still moving forward. Yeah, he's probably got something going on there. And that's another, like, I don't know if it was the same knee. I don't know if it was the other knee. I don't know which is technically worse. But <laughs> the the caveat I want to raise to your uh, points on the other teams is, like, a lot of that is mismanaged. A lot of that is front office. The, the Seahawks are in a league of their own just because – uh, God, the the ESPN piece about how the Patriots broke the Seahawks is one of the best pieces of reporting I've ever seen. It became like an offense versus defense thing. People were throwing chairs in film room meetings. Like That team was mentally pretzeled by Bill Belichick and Don Brady and Malcolm Butler. But the Falcons were mismanaged to death. Uh, to death. They just never added any sort of defensive additions to that team. And they just constantly miss after miss after miss with everything that they tried to add in free agency. Same thing with that Jaguars team. They just started selling off for parts. Like, the front office there is just atrocious. And, like, I mean, look at the Panthers, too. Like, Panthers, you know, punched a bit above their weight class going 15-1. and one. But Newton had nothing around him at that point. Like that was the you know, that was the best offensive circumstances that Cam Newton had, and they were still like very weak. He had no one to throw to in that. And their defense just really didn't hold up their end of the bargain because they were kind of aging at that point. Like this is at least a very young team with a core that can take you places you want to go. And we understood all the issues that this team had, this uh this defense that they built off free agents overperformed for sure, but at least the majority of those guys are locked into some sort of contract, and the bad guys like Eli Apple are headed out of town. <laughs> the bad apples, if you will. <laughs> but the like we knew the O-line was bad, we knew the defense was middling, and we knew they had a fantastic core. I think like if you're going to at least make an argument, this team, as long as they don't screw it up, and reading about their front office in the lead-up to this draft, and their small little team of scouting and like just personnel driven staff there's i think they have the third smallest uh personnel office or scouting office in football but like this team at least has the core to not screw it up 
Well, thank you for bringing up the Panthers, because I knew I was forgetting an example in that long list of teams that I was envisioning from our past. I don't disagree with anything you said, but it's just the amount of quality teams and quality quarterbacks, especially, that they're going to be in the AFC for who knows how long. It's just going to be a very tough road to navigate moving forward. And you think about what the Bengals... I mean, I'll never be the person ever again to question the specific pick they made to take Jamar Chase in the first round, but they're not going to be in a position anytime soon to get a Panay Sewell to come in and just be that perfect fit for no money on that offensive line. Like Something's going to have to give. Yes, they have a chance to build something great there. Do I trust them to do it? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Because it's going to take some really solid maneuvering around the cap, finding guys for you know the right price. You well, don't want got them a ton to. Of they space. have a ton of cap, but like you said, is anyone like queuing up to go play in Cincinnati? I'm saying I think they can now. Is the thing like just because it's like just because if like, I'm an offensive people will line, want to play with Joe Burrow. If I, well, I want to know that Joe Burrow is going to be. I want to know that Joe Burrow is going to be healthy to start next season before I go sign up to play offensive line there. I don't want to end up with Brandon Allen under center for me <laughs> right after I get my brand new contract. So we'll see. I. I hope it's nothing serious. I just that did not look good on replay and he waved the trainers away, said he wasn't coming out. We've seen guys play through knee injuries before, most notably Phil Rivers, but eventually it's gotta get taken care of. So hopefully I will it's say, nothing serious. One more thing before we move on. Uh a pox on the house of whatever Super Bowl NBC producer just decided to really get that tight shot of Burrow screaming in agony as his knee got twisted up. It's still in my head. I can't, like, I've got a thing about, like, whatever, people showing injuries, whatever. That's one thing. But just, like, emphasizing the pain, like, screw off, guy. <laughs> like, what is that? Well, what about, I? that's one thing, but at least Joe Burrow's on the field. How about the NBC producer who was, like, cut to his mom and girlfriend in the crowd right now as they're, like, borderline in tears? That's the one I have a problem with. That's fine. That's fine. I don't like that's like play up emotion, play up like alternate storylines, like make it personal for him. But I'm talking more about like don't show the guy in absolute like anguish and agony for the pain. Like that's tough to watch. Well, fair enough. Let's talk briefly again about the champions here. I feel like we spent a lot of time on the losers, which is, you know, kind of a natural storyline after any Super Bowl, but Sean McVay, what does it mean that this guy, at a still very young age, I think he's 36 now, like a lot of football left in front of him if he wants it, but this win sort of being, you know, the the crowning achievement for a guy who everyone said has been boy genius in this league for a long time. At the same time, you know, there's rumors that he might retire too and go take a job in broadcasting, so... How important was this moment to him, and should we be <laughs> should we be talking a little bit more about how close he was to messing it up again? I mean, that loss is sitting right there for them. <laughs> Why did they keep running the ball? I it listen it it absolutely blows my mind. Why was listen like Cam Akers thirteen carries twenty one yards, Daryl Henderson four carries seven yards, <laughs> Sony Michelle two carries two yards. Matthew Stafford had the longest run of the game with seven yards. Actually, no, sorry. Cam Akers, Cam Akers eventually got an eight-yard run. Oh, Ooh. big time. I mean, that really saved – there was a point where he was averaging 1.1 yards per carry. Now he got that up to 1.6 by the end of the game. But, I mean, what are we doing here? Pay the man. <laughs> like, I, I understand that Odell Beckham went down, and that was tough. But, I mean – if you told me that Cooper Cup was going to win MVP, I thought he'd have over 100 yards. He had 92. Like, I get he had two touchdowns, but, I mean, this was just, I don't know. Sean McVay is going to make a fantastic broadcaster at some point. He's going to put Tony Romo to shame. <laughs> it's going to be really fun to watch, honestly. I'm really excited for it whenever he gets in the booth because whether it's his photographic memory or his, or his understanding of the game, and he's just like a personable guy too. Like he's gonna be set. I'm really excited for him. Whatever he does, 
But now he gets to like rep the boy genius thing. Like he, it, it's. I can't believe he almost blew it twice. But like this, you know, like winners rewrite history. Like he, like people aren't gonna remember like the twenty three rushing attempts that they had for forty three total yards. They're gonna remember the Cooper Cup play. They're gonna remember. Odell catching the touchdown in the beginning. They're going to remember some of the lead-up. Like, people are probably going to remember Stafford beating Brady more so than they remember, like, legitimate plays from this Super Bowl. Like, Sean McVay absolutely has earned this title. Like, he's earned the boy genius title. He's the youngest coach to ever win the Super Bowl. He's, I think, if we're talking about just the sheer importance of what this means to him, he can do whatever he wants now. He's afforded that ability to retire. It's the same argument we can make for Aaron Donald. Like, yeah, he's still got a lot left in the tank. But McVay's already been open about the fact he doesn't want to coach football for his entire adult life and he wants to do other things. Football still is passion, it's clear to him, but like I get not wanting to put in the hours of it. Broadcasting's such a better, cushier lifestyle. Like why wouldn't you want to do that? Now he can go whenever he wants. Hey, the the Victor's rewrite the history thing is absolutely spot on because this postseason run, uh, I mean, just think about how fortunate they had to get. You know, you don't blow a 27-3 lead and fumble the ball four times and still win the game very often. And that comes out extremely fortunately. They're extremely fortunate that the Niners then blow a 10-point lead and Jimmy Garoppolo can't make a throw to save his life and Jaquaski Tart drops the punt oh of God, an interception to get to this game. And then here we are in this game. I'll never be able to figure out what was up with Cam Akers. If you had told me before this postseason that the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl, I would have been like, oh, among other things, like the Cam Akers coming back must have made a huge difference, right? Let me read you his postseason stat line. They gave this man 67 carries in four games. He made out of it 172 yards total for a whopping 2.6 yards per carry, no touchdowns, two fumbles. I mean, what are we doing here? Like, this is, I don't know how, with that ground game for four straight games, they managed to come through it unscathed. So, tip your cap, to the victor go all the spoils. But And they needed the Bengals as an opponent in this game to win, too. If Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen walks through that door on the other sideline Sunday, toast. no chance the Rams win that game. Oh, my God, they're toast. <laughs> I, like, the, I mean, it, we can get into it all, we can get into it all we want, but I mean. Think about like we talk about this a lot sometimes. Like, just like who? Oh, who could have won it? Like the Bills. <laughs> oh my God, the Bills could have won it so badly. I feel so bad for Bills fans today. Oh almost, my God. Almost as poorly as I feel for Bengals fans is how poorly I feel for Bills fans because they had the best team, and if they can just stop a team from going forty yards in thirteen seconds, they're probably walking away with their first ring today. Yeah. So. R.I.P. Pour one out for Buffalo once again. I can't even believe it, man. That's that's what I was gonna say. I mean, like, you could have built up an extra like Mahomes dynasty. You could like <laughs> Brady could have got an eighth. Like, maybe Rogers stays in Green Bay if they pull this up. Like, so many different teams absolutely could have won this game because so few of them just like no one really showed up in this game. I get like let's under hit like. Also, I will say my middle. My middle. Oh my god! I yeah. wish I actually bet it. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 either of us were true degenerate gamblers, we it, we would oh, have hit very hard. Penny. Very hard on that middle. Um, I guess the Rams score exactly correctly with twenty three, and Kale hit his middle prop. So, tip our cap to us. Uh, more alternate storylines from what was going on at the actual game. It was a very conflicting night for our friend Dave Halbert, who had the ch- the potential to win many hundreds of dollars if the Bengals won the game because of a prop he made before the postseason where he took the Bengals and basically for every win they got he made more and more money exponentially but he also hit the Rams 3 Bengals 0 square at both halftime and the end of the game and this man was just in a glass case of emotions the entire night (laughs) tip of the cap to Dave Uh, tip of the cap to Kale who won the first ever installment of the greatest game ever invented. And oh we need to God. we need to figure out how to tweak it for next year because Kale just looked up all the commercials Listen, okay, okay. <laughs> that were going to happen. When we talked about doing this game, 
I thought we were, I showed up to, we did a full draft for it. I showed up in a suit. I you thought did. we were taking this very seriously. I thought we were doing our research. Newhouse held like a segment on, like a, a talk on commercials uh, with like a person I used to work with at NBC Universal. Like a lot of different, like I came into this prepared. And I walk in, I've got like a big board built. Everyone's like, all right, like, you know, like how much work do you guys do? And I'm like talking about this. Uh, no one else did work. <laughs> like, I looked up a couple things. Like, I don't know. But it's yeah, it's, it's a, a tough last of a we, draft. We've got to figure out how to tweak it because the best moments of a commercial draft in the Super Bowl are when you have no idea what the commercial is going to be. And then at second 59 of 60, it just flashes like Toyota. And it's like, oh! So we've got to figure out a way to rig it next year where we don't know what commercials are coming. We just got drafted earlier. Yeah. Because Kale, Kale, to his credit, did nothing wrong by just looking up all the commercials that were going to happen. And he dominated us by the fourth quarter because Irish Spring... Taco Bell, Budweiser just all hit back to back to back. Budweiser's a staple. You <laughs> well, can't yeah. give me Budweiser. Beer, beer was a, a category. Sparse. Weird weird stuff happened. So we were tracking commercials very closely because of this draft and, and what ended up coming on. There were zero car insurance commercials in that Super Bowl. There were zero soft drink commercials, which I guess makes sense because Pepsi is the sponsor of the halftime show. There was there were zero like Home goods commercials like no Tide, no Mr. Clean, no Mr. Clean, none of that. Um, and there was there was only one, yeah, only one fast food in Taco Bell in the fourth quarter. Just a very very weird Super Bowl for commercials. No, it was a lot of tech and crypto. It was was electric vehicles and crypto. Yeah, it was a lot. Any favorites out of the bunch, Jackson? Uh, favorite commercials. I, I think a lot of people are going to be saying that Toyota ad at the beginning, just because the Paralympians and their story, very well put together. Uh, as far as like humor slash unexpectedness goes, I don't know. I liked that uh, Michelob Ultra commercial with all the sports celebrities and Steve Buscemi the big, behind the bar. Yeah, the big Lebowski kind of <laughs> Michelob Ultra commercials. That was great. Uh, I think Irish Spring holds a special place in my heart because of that just sheer pop-off. Uh, the, I screamed Irish Spring because I knew I had locked it up. But uh, I, there were a lot. The uh, Is it the Kia, like, like robot dog commercial? Yeah. That was good. Uh, the Dr. Evil GM commercial I thought was We're not even going to get into this right now. <laughs> this commercial, so we had a – a category in this draft for causes so like anything that's like related to something outside just trying to sell stuff so social justice women's health um someone had covid and covid vaccines and there's other debate that goes around certain ads there was a covid testing ad that we thought maybe should have counted for covid but this dr evil gm ad there's literally the line Climate change is the number one threat facing our world right now, and I didn't get points for drafting climate change. Because it was a car commercial, Jackson. He also wouldn't give me General Motors just as a car company. But that's that thing. like se- that's cheating. That's like seven car companies. Someone else the had Chevy was already. Literally General Motors. Yeah, but you can't take that's that's a parent company. Eh. We 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 have to figure out the rules Some better for this next year. We'll figure it out. I hope people aren't just like completely lost in our discussion right now. A lot of this is inside baseball, but we were watching a lot of commercials during that Super Bowl last night. Like, I mean, that's what the that's I was what more Super nervous. I was more nervous when the commercials came on than I was for any moment during the game, and I ended up losing my money by <laughs> one point in our elaborate point system. Uh, so, tough night for me, but. Yeah. Highly recommend anyone out there, if you're looking to spice up your Super Bowl in the future, make a commercials draft. We'll, we'll find a way to post the rules, too, on our Twitter or something, because it's a it's, it was a genuinely fun game. We, we did it with, I think it was seven total teams. Yeah. Perfect way to do it. <laughs> we got to come up with more categories. We got to <laughs> tweak it a bit. Like, you know, we missed a lot. We, we just had, like, a miscellaneous category that, like, folded in so many. Same with tech. Yeah. Got to break up card. big tech. We do have to break up big tech. I, I I wasn't going to talk about it, but <laughs> since we're closing the book on the commercials draft, there was one unfortunate soul who got zero points. Out of <laughs> Kale got 30 and won by a wide margin. I think he got double anyone else's score. Did his homework. Congrats to him. It trickled in the fourth quarter, yeah. guys. It wasn't like... It wasn't... Yeah, he, he locked it up it late. It was tight at half It was time. a monsoon, but Irie Harris, 
got zero points in this Super Bowl's draft. This man took Crunchyroll as a streaming service. So he had some throw. <laughs> he had some throwaways, but like it, it, we can't get too far. We can't get too much further into this because people have already turned this off by now. But he he didn't get like tech got filled out before he could get Amazon. Like there was no Heineken, there was no Bounty. Uh, like the picks that could have hit for him, like Ford and Tostitos, all got filled out before. There was no Dr Pepper. There was no USAA or Chick Fil A. Like there, he had some contenders in there that just never hit. That just either the category got filled out before, because uh, it was the first three that showed up got points. So either he was like the fourth in, or just some of the commercials we thought were going to go didn't. So agreed. However. There were ample picks left on the board for streaming services. He didn't take HBO Max. <laughs> didn't take HBO Max. He took Crunchyroll, the anime streaming that's service. A, that's a panic buy. <laughs> that's a panic buy. We hate to see it. Um, we'll close the book on advertisements. Can't wait to do that again next Quick year. Quick notes on halftime show? Halftime show. just cover the whole boat. Great halftime show. I've seen people saying it's the best of all time. No. And not even people have forgotten Prince. I... No, nothing will ever, ever top Purple Rain well, people in the rain. Prince, people have forgotten Bruce, people have forgotten Tom Petty. The the Super Bowl Forty Two, as many as bad as those memories are for me, Free Fallen in the middle of Arizona was the coolest thing in the world to me. Even when I was that young, uh, even like U two in two thousand one. I'm a, I'm personally biased to like big singular bands uh, going agree. up there, but even like Jayla Shakira in Miami was awesome. Like this was good. I'd give it like a. I said last night in the moment it was like seven out of ten. I think like Anderson Pack on the drums. That was that great. Purple jacket. Oh my <laughs> god, what a highlight for me! Uh, like Kendrick was good. Them bringing up Fifty Cent for no reason was kind of cool. Like him doing it in the club was cool. Like Doctor. I mean Doctor Dre and Snoop. Snoop just crip walking on stage, just like dancing around, having yeah, a I good time. I thought Doctor Dre and Snoop killed it. And I thought oh. Eminem was good too. People are trashing on Eminem. Have we forgotten who Eminem is? Like that is. That is an iconic rap song of all time, despite the memes that may have come from it. I mean, he he's had two, on opposite ends of the spectrum, <laughs> two insanely cringeworthy eras. Him just being, like, reactionary, like, you know, whatever, like, hot. Like, he, he was like South Park of rap for a little bit, uh, just trying to be, like, edgy. And then he went, like, full, like, sobriety, like, you know, hard, like hardcore guy, like, you know. Relapse and Recovery were brutal albums. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm not an Eminem guy personally, but, I mean, even even I can't deny the power that Lose Yourself yeah, had. Yeah, it's Lose Yourself. Oh, Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that, that song transcends Eminem. That is one of the biggest rap songs of all time. But yeah. best half Best halftime show of all time, it was not, in my eyes. No. Least. Well, I, th- I just think Prince is in a tier of his own that can't be topped. And that's partially due to the fact that my parents are massive Prince fans and saw him at a concert where it was just Prince and a piano and, like, 100 people in a room. Like, it's hard to top Prince in my family. But one that we didn't, sh- one that we didn't say in the conversation of great halftime performances, I thought Katy Perry brought the heat back in 2015. I don't believe you. <laughs> I thought Katy Perry was great. <laughs> I mean, like, like, performatively, it was fine. But yeah. Like, I'm not, like, getting up for it. Like, no, I'm I not, just, like, 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 Firework is, like, to our generation what some of those classic songs are to the generation before. Like, it's a... Jackson, I'm going to stop. It's a classic song. Fire... I'm going gonna... it's to... A, it's a catchy pop song. You've stunlocked me. <laughs> I... Like it's not a it's not a great song, but it is like an important song to our generation. If firework comes on at a party, you're not gonna tell me your drunk ass is gonna be scream singing along to it. Hundred percent. Let's move on. I, I can't. A, I, I can't engage in, a, in this. I put him in a pretzel. That's all right. Um, game balls. Last last item on the agenda here before we turn the page on the 2022 season. This is less of a chance for us to talk about, like individual performances which were great and more of a chance to celebrate who were the best offensive and defensive player in the league this year so take it away you honestly just pick which one you want to talk about and talk about them they were (sighs) unbelievable there's only one option for offensive game ball really and it's cooper cup but I, God, I wish Odell didn't go down. Odell had such a great game, man. It, this is like I wanted to see him like ascend to superstardom in some way. Like 
etch out some legacy of his own. But he did exactly what he needed to do. You know, two receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown, longest 35. Like, he cleaned up, man. He was he was just fine. I wish, God, he, like, that weird plant, too, just popped up, you know, wrecked his knee. That stinks. Cooper Cup had an awesome game. Deserved MVP, if, if only to give it to, uh, you know, a guy that scored the majority of the points for the uh, Rams there. I still think Donald probably could have gotten MVP just for single-handedly closing the game out, getting, you know, a pair of sacks, kind of being a do-it-all guy. He Again, he generates the two sacks for Vaughn Miller just by his presence alone. Like, I don't know. I'd love to give it to Donald. I think Cooper Cup had an awesome game, you know. Number one team by – or number one wide receiver season by DYAR in the history of football outsiders, like – you know, historic run throughout the postseason, <sighs> capping it off with an MVP. It's probably one of the single greatest wide receiver seasons of all time. And he's he's absolutely earned MVP at this point. This is a nice encapsulation. I believe Jackson has a stat. Uh, Jackson sent me this one, but uh, there are only two players ever to win both Super Bowl MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, no, he, it's... Cooper Cup in 2021, and the only time it's ever happened is Joe Montana in 1989. So that is putting yourself in pretty elite company. And I think there's only two or three other instances where the Offensive Player of the Year has gone on to win the Super Bowl. I think Marshall Falk in 99 and uh, Terrell Davis in 96 or 97. So it's a... It's an extremely, it's yeah, it's unbelievable company to be in in terms of doing those both in the same year. Like, hats off to Cooper Cup for the the instant resume he built. Like going from a guy who we both really liked. Would you have compared Cooper Cup favorably to Adam Thielen before the season? Would you have said he was better? I would have. I, I would have said they're similar tier. Like they're fantastic. Yeah. They were going right underrated next to each production other. guy. Yeah. In fantasy drafts, they were like 38, 39. Yeah. I w- listen, if you said at the beginning of the season, I said this was Robert Woods' team and Cooper Cup was too. Like, and and it just happened to be completely the opposite. Yeah. Like Robert Woods took a great secondary role and Cooper Cup ascended to, uh, in the moment, a top five, top three wide receiver in the league. Yeah. I, I again, contract year for him next year. I'm r- I want to see what he's able to do in multiple years. And now that he's a good quarterback, now that, like, you know, a guy that can accentuate his deep threat abilities, like, I want to, I want him to build on this. I can't let it be a one-hit wonder and call him a top-five wide receiver in football. I think it's pretty safe to call him a top-five wide receiver in football, regardless of, I mean, he's he may not have this kind of year next year, but do you? I, I there's not many guys I trust to have a better year than him next year, so I'm perfectly comfortable making that distinction is he number one it's close i'd like to see what team Devonte adams ends up playing for next year but cooper cup just another guy who has nothing left to prove to me um defensively aaron donald i mean we basically said everything there is to say about aaron donald at this point but that last drive you know that's when big time players step up and make big plays and no, on, on back-to-back plays he just destroyed what the Bengals were trying to do like, that's iconic. That moment of him blowing up the last play, getting to Joe Burrow in half a second, and then just running off, pointing at his ring finger, like, that's going to live on. That's the moment of the Super Bowl. I, I mean, that's, like, that's what they're going to talk about when he goes into Canton. Yeah. Like, that, those are, like, those are the things that make Hall of Fame careers. Like, those build <laughs> legacies, I'm just those thinking, kind of plays. I'm just thinking about how much material you're going to need for Aaron Donald's oh my God. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that, just Aaron Donald, like, in a tight little tiny blazer, like, just barely able to, you know, contain his his mass. Oh. That's going to be, oh, my God, it's going to be great. Awesome. Uh, glad we could give those guys their due. I don't think we need a special teams game ball for this one. It, maybe you have some some final no, concluding thoughts. <laughs> it wasn't really final concluding. I was going to say Vaughn Miller probably deserves some sort of secondary. You know, pair of sacks of his own. Uh, like, just some extra vindication there. Like, four, and a, four and a half career sacks in two Super Bowls is nice. No, like, that's, that's a resume. That's impressive. That's very impressive. He's another, like, think about how many, how many people from this team are just going to Canton. Mm-hmm. Like, with this ring alone. Like, Stafford's borderline. Like, just, he's a counting stats guy. Like, he's he's just like, how do you not put up a guy that's 
have this many Super Bowls. And I guess a quarterback longevity, you got to think about like how many guys with one ring are not going to make this, uh, how how many guys with one ring are not going to make Canton. But like at some point, like you got to recognize like the level of volume this guy's putting out. And if he can put together a couple more seasons in LA, he's working on a contract extension right now. Could end up there. But I mean, Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald are shoe ins. Ramsey feels up there. Cooper Cup again. I just call, I just said he's a like he can't be a one hit wonder. But I mean, this season alone, it's at least like starting to push him, push him into conversations. Like it's, it's at least there's at least rumblings now. But yeah, I, even like I don't know if Whitworth's going in there. I don't know. Like Weddle's retirement thing, super cool. Like there's a lot of different guys in here that are going to like have their Canton resumes, Hall of Fame resumes. You know, just bumped by this ring alone and it's awesome it's this is what the rams needed this is what it was all about this is 100 percent. yeah this is <laughs> and what you it may have taken very fortunate circumstances to get there but at the end of the day they got there and there are lots of teams who sold out to win now that never ended up getting there in lots of different sports so rams 100 percent vindicated I guess we haven't talked about the fact that they technically did it at home, but it seemed like the loudest crowd moments were for Bengals plays. So that's a weird one. Like LA's two years a in a row. City. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's a, weird. I'm a Chargers displaced. They're my second team, but like, LA's a fake football city. Yeah, and we may not have a special teams game ball, so I think it's only fitting that we tweak it and do a special ops game ball. Uh, Odell Beckham Senior. He earned it. Oh, my God. The <laughs> PR. Yeah, can we give a PR game ball? Unbelievable. I mean, dude, vindication doesn't even begin to describe it. That that man, someone hire him in a film room. Father of the year <laughs> for the next five years running can't be tough. Odell's got to buy the guy a house for Father's Day. Like, <laughs> buy the guy a house for every game they won in the playoffs. I mean, that's just remarkable that's, the way it ended oh up working God, out. What a, what a guy. Can we talk about how confusing that Adam Schefter graphic was that he tweeted out after the game with Odell and Matthew Stafford standing there and Eli Manning, Calvin Johnson, and Jarvis Landry all looking on saying this is what it was all about? It, it, yeah, it was like in case they said it couldn't be done or something. Yeah, Eli won two, yeah. Eli won two of the most improbable Super Bowls ever. Like I get if you throw like Calvin, Calvin Johnson and Jarvis Landry in there or something to say like, all these guys haven't won it, but, like, they're looking on their friends or something. Like, throwing Eli in there makes it a whole wrench. I still don't really get it. It's, it you know, befuddles the mind. It's, God, Jackson's scrolling to it right now, and I just can't wait. To, did he delete it? He may have deleted it. Oh, my God. It's gone. <laughs> no. Wow. Un, like, unprecedented deleting your, like, he had to have been working on that for post game. We're gonna we're gonna live search it right now just to to see it because yeah it's it's news that Adam Schefter would just go ahead and delete a tweet yeah to all those who said it couldn't be done that was the caption weird <sighs> very very weird bizarre <laughs> all right let's uh, you if know, we want to close out way too early twenty twenty two yes exactly where I was going with that Kale take it away let's let's set the stage here. <sighs> Are we doing next Super Bowl or are we doing AFC Championships? Um, or, like, respective championships? I just, like, pick your Super Bowl team for the next year. Who's, who's uh, winning it all? God. It depends how many uh, players the Rams can get back because they are very sparse. But if you're doing it all for one run, it, you feel like you can kind of get there, and you got to think the NFC East is so wide open, especially if Rodgers leaves. Especially if Rodgers leaves. Uh, I mean, who else is competing with L.A. at this point? I don't see San Francisco. I don't see – I think L.A. has to be my NFC. Just off principle alone uh, and no one else being involved. Uh, and you know the Cowboys are going to come up short, so I can't break down. <laughs> Cowboys burned you too bad this year. <laughs> AFC, very interesting. Very, very interesting. There's so many ways you can go with this. I want to say – I almost want to say Bills, but I won't. I almost want to say Chargers, but I won't. I was there too with the Chargers. That was weird. But I think they're too, I th- like they're too sparse for me. Like they need depth, and I think it's going to take more years than we think for them to build that up. Sneaky for me, 
And it's going to sound like heresy because of the Super Bowl we just watched. Ravens. Baltimore. If Baltimore has... Baltimore, that doesn't sound like heresy to me. It well, because like they ju- the like the Bengals back. just came back. Uh, like the Bengals just came from the Super Bowl. I'm ignoring Patrick Mahomes. I'm ignoring Josh Allen. Like, there's a lot of and if you know if Rodgers ends up in Denver, who the hell knows? Like, there's a lot of teams I'm ignoring by saying Baltimore. But think about how many injuries that this team had. Think about an extra year that they get with working Rashad Bateman into their offensive system. Any more offensive creativity that they have. Mark Andrews really took a leap into top five tight end status, let's say. Another year of Lamar. Like, these are all positives that are coming together. The AFC North, if they don't move on from Baker, the Browns are going to be in no man's land. The Pitts, Pittsburgh's in full rebuild mode. This will probably be the first year that Tomlin has a losing season. Are they, though? Because they could get, like, a Jimmy G in there and instantly be better than they were this year. Fair. No, you're right. That's <laughs> fair. But how much is Jimmy G giving to this deal? Like, I'm not saying they're winning and, the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. That's like a 10-7 and seven wild card team. I, I agree. <laughs> it's but, an interesting team. But I don't know. I, I think there's something about this Baltimore Ravens team, just top to bottom, was absolutely maligned. Still, like, kind of almost flirted with the playoffs a little bit. They were, you know, eliminated, but they were on, on the outside looking. They were in. eight and three. Like yeah. they, they, they were right there with the contenders before Lamar got hurt. No, they were in the mix for sure. I mean, hopefully you don't have another Tyler Huntley stretch. But I mean, Baltimore's a, a, a wild card pick, but or a wild pick, but it's uh, it feels measured in a way. What about you? Is that your pick? You're going with the Ravens. I'm going Ravens Rams. But you you pick the Ravens to win. No, I'm picking Rams. Oh, well. Rams go back to back. Yeah, I don't like repeats. I don't believe in it. I especially don't believe in it with. I. I mean, it seems like some of these guys are gone. If Donald's gone, if that, about no, it. okay. If Donald's gone, if McVeigh is considering anything, uh, but they're getting Woods back. This if, felt like this felt like the epitome of like a one and done. Odell likes to LA too. He could be back. Like, there's pieces they need to add for sure, but like. They can make it back. There's a way they can make it back for there's, sure. There's Especially a world. in a weak NFC. There's I a think world. they can run the table. There's a world where it happens, but you know me. Like I believe in football as much as analytics matter. Like It just sometimes comes down to the narrative as to where I feel like the wind is blowing, and I felt like that was the epitome of a one-and-done championship team. So I'm not going to go with the Rams. I am going to do it. And partially I'm doing this because I'm kind of mushing it to say that I hope it doesn't happen, but I'll make it my official prediction just because I could completely see it. Buffalo Bills. They were the best team this year. I th- Listen, they're probably my second pick outside of the Ravens. I want to get a little cute, try and do something. But, I mean, man, that Bills team is good. They they're need, so good. They yeah. need some good linebacker core in there. Like, they need a little bit more offensive line help in my eyes. But, like, man, they're right there. And when I think about this from a narrative perspective, I think about the postseason that Josh Allen just had, how scary he was. If he can just come back and be half that next year and they don't get – the breaks that went against them and the coin tosses and the seconds. defensive breakdowns in 13 seconds, like, it just feels like it could happen. I mean, so. Gabriel Davis took a leap. Like, Isaiah McKenzie, yeah. they're getting back Trey White. Like, this team's right there. Yeah, and Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie had a phenomenal appearance on, I guess they call it uh, Truth or Dab, the, yeah. the Hot Ones spinoff on YouTube. Unreal chemistry together. Hilarious great, episode. Dude. Oh my god, I can't that, wait till they I'm, get rid of Colby's. I'm jealous of Bills fans. I'm jealous of Bills fans, I'll say. You've got a lot to root for in the coming years, but it doesn't make up for what happened this year yet. Not yet. Um yeah, I mean I NFC. guess that I NFC, I, I mean for me it's such a toss up. I, I, I wanna see where Rogers goes. I don't believe in the Rams to repeat. So Call your shot. I guess I'll go a little bit off the board here. I can't do the Cowboys. I just can't. They're, I was they're thinking such about a, it. They're such a just repeated they, – they just fall apart every they time. Sh- like they should be there every yeah. year, and they're not. Yeah, and I can't I can't make a pick in the NFC South. There, there's no team that knows what they have. This is Matt Rule's year. I don't I, know what you're talking I about. I can't pick Kyler and Cliff. Like, you know what? Screw it. 49ers. Trey Lance. Okay. Year, 49ers year one with Trey Lance. Like, if I'm going to stake my reputation on anything, I'll stake it well, on. they made it to the yeah. NFC Championship. Why not? Why not? I, it could completely fall apart, and I wouldn't be surprised, but the NFC is the biggest crapshoot next year of any conference, any year that I can think of. Why not? That's that's. I'll go on record and go for it. 
I like it. All right. And you were the big Trey Lance guy all year, so reversing fields on that and, and me taking them is, is just a, a classic example of how we weirdly switch each other's takes all year long. Still don't understand why they didn't implement them more. I yeah. don't get it. It's like I thought they were going to use them down. Well, we could get into this. This will be yeah. an off-season pod. <laughs> um, I guess our last agenda item, just to because we have to, because we've built our brand on it all year long, um, let's give letter grades to that uniform matchup. I'm going... Straight B. B was you took the you took the letter right out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh, uh B, listen. It might be a B minus. It might be a B minus. Yeah. Honestly, it was good. Uh, it's fine. I, I can't wait till they can switch up helmets. I love those Rams blue helmets, but I can't wait till like they got something a little bit more aligned with those. Uh, actually, no. I think the I think the helmets work with those. Uh, Bengals. It just there was something about it. There's like both. Would you agree? Both good uniforms on there, solid uniforms on there. I'm not saying outright good, yeah. but I, don't, I, I know I, you're less partial to the Rams yeah, than I am. I still don't like the bone. Like, I know it's a thing for you. I don't like how there's – I love off I don't like it, but it's it's fine. It's aged better than I thought it would. It's not as bad as the Falcons, so I'll, I'll live with the Bengals or I'll live with the Rams being in that B tier for uniforms – We'll have a full uniform pod coming at some point because you know we have to just get all that off our chest. Um, Next podcast that you all have to look forward to as a wonderful bow on this NFL season, we're going to hand out our yearly awards. This was something we did at 2TV Sports last year. Um, Kale has not been introduced to this yet. It's going to be great. We are going to invent awards, and then we are going to award them. Some of them I can already tell you are going to be there. Head scratcher of the year, uh, worst coaching moment in the postseason, the life comes at you fast award, just karma in the NFL. Dad of the year, already awarded it to Dad of the year is a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we'll talk about it again. So just get excited. It'll come, and we have lots more content to get us through the offseason. Free agency, trades, the draft. Kale, what else do you have to add? This was a blast, man. I, I'm I'm excited that we get to keep doing this. I'm excited that we're, you know, going to keep pushing off-season content. We're going to keep working on this throughout the year. It's it's just really awesome to be in the studio. And, like, it's, it's helped me think about the NFL more to be able to come into a studio and summarize the NFL week in review sort of every week, pick up my tabs on the league, like, break it down the way I have. Like, you know, the NFL comes at you in such a, just a blitz and a haze, not to make puns here, <laughs> but, like, it you like it washes over you and you can't pick up half the things until you sit down and start to synthesize it. And I'm just really lucky that, you know, Jackson Roberts just shot me a text like, hey, you know, I do a podcast on football. You'd be a great co-host. Want to hop on? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then all of a sudden, like, I I didn't realize what this would end up becoming until I saw my name on the podcast start. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm sucked in talking uniforms and head scratchers. Like, all the weeks in the studio coming into the season, like, been an absolute blast. I can't believe this is, like, when you blow up a balloon and try and pop it, but instead of a pop, it just kind of hisses out. Like, that's what this Super Bowl felt like in the grand (laughs) scheme of things. But this pod made it all worth it. I'm excited to go into this offseason. My favorite time of year is right around the corner. It's that first week of free agency where I'm staring at my phone. I got Twitter notifications on <laughs> for anyone that's got any level of breaking news. Oh, my God, it's my favorite time of year. It's just pure speculation. It's pure theorization. It's my exact favorite time. And now I get to say it on airwaves. Now I get to, like, put it out to public. And I'm so pumped for it, man. I can't wait to see for you guys to see what we've got in store this offseason. It's going to be an absolute blast. And once again... Thank you, Jackson, for bringing me on board. No, I thank you, Kale. I mean, this, so, I mean, a lot of people who are listening know this, but the reason that I am at Newhouse, the reason that I am pursuing a career in sports media is because in September 2020, I was just, like, sick of my job, didn't like anything I was doing, came back from a Sunday rec league baseball game and was like, I'm going to sit down and write a column about the NFL because I've always wanted to do that. I called it the Tuesday Morning Blitz. It was pretty vaguely but, like, directly inspired by the Tuesday Morning Quarterback column from Greg Easterbrook back in the day. And I just wanted to, like, get my thoughts out there, talk football, 
and I instantly fell in love with it. Did it week after week, and this year I decided it had to be a podcast because that's the medium that I'm more so trying to go into, and there was nobody that I thought could be a better fit for this than Kale just based on the two months of friendship that we had before this, and I just feel lucky to have a guy who I can call one of my best friends, you know, to do this with week in, week out. Yeah, so let's go. You know, yeah. you know, like so, you, you never know, like behind the curtain, like when podcast co-hosts like sign off the air, like are they still friends? Like, we're, we're cool. no, this isn't <laughs> green angle. Like, this isn't like we go home and it's like we never talk unless we're in the studio. No, we're hanging yeah. out. Like, it's a blast, man. It, it's it's just a great time to be doing this and like. The opportunity itself is awesome. And, and I'm glad you guys get to listen. Don't forget to, you know, do the due diligence, you know, mm -hmm. subscribe, rate, review, however you want to do fit. Like, it helps us. We've only got better stuff coming for you guys down the pipeline. This is, not to say it's just the beginning, because who knows where we're going, but like, nope. we're going to keep building this off season. It's going to be fun. Yeah, more content, bigger, better, the whole nine yards. Can't wait to experience it with all of you. I guess we're signing off for now, though. Thank you very much for an incredible NFL season. For Kale, I'm Jackson. And we'll see you some Tuesday very soon. We'll see you next Tuesday. We'll we're see gonna, you next Tuesday. Yeah, we have we're going to do, do it next Tuesday. All right. Thank you all so much.